Boy, oh boy, we're going to have Hollow Notes on here soon, and uh, we're going to get a big old spotlight on them. That's going to be fucking awesome. But uh, they're going to sing Private Eyes. But uh, between that, uh, welcome back, boys. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robbie's show, uh, it's a great show going on. And uh, this is, uh, we miss Robbie. And, uh, Robbie. <laughs> The 
welcome to the weekly review with Roman. Today it's Friday, February 21st, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco and we're on Ohlone land. There are many ways folks can learn more about the land uh, that we're on. Uh, one way is if you go to ramaytush.com, and that's R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.com. You can learn about the history and the original people of San Francisco. There's another article I also wanted to share that I've now shared on Twitter. You can follow me on there at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Uh, and you can find it also at counterpunch.org, and that's Towards Decolonization and Settler Responsibility, Reflections on a Decade of Indigenous Solidarity Organizing. And that's written by Liza Minow-Bloom. Uh, Berkeley Carnine, and that came out on October 3rd, 2016. So lots of ways. I'm still in the process of learning and unlearning, as the case may be, as being brought up in this country. There are so many myths that we were taught, and it's important to find out the truth. So wanting to, to share that. Also, you can go to the uh, Shimmy Land Tax as well, and that's particularly folks in the East Bay. Okay, so I wasn't here last week, and I missed being here. I really did, and there's so much going on in the world. And, of course, as I often say, first of all, I should I haven't said it, said it in a while, oh, trigger warning, we'll be talking about the news and people in positions of power causing harm to many of us and the planet, etc. And there's also going to be positive news stories, and that's in ways folks have been fighting back. And also, I'll be providing a lot of upcoming events that folks can participate in. I'm a big believer in... <sighs> <laughs> diversity of tactics and that's any way that folks can show up there's so many different ways creating art spreading information protesting in the streets uh sharing capital with grassroots organizations and activists if you're able jail support writing to folks who are incarcerated there's so much local organizing there's just unlimited amounts of ways that folks can show up and i do believe that everyone no matter what someone's situation is folks who want to show up in some way there is a way that folks can show up so i'll be providing information about that too because it's also just important to know how folks can check in and it's it helps i know for me certainly to feel when i'm feeling frustrated and discouraged about the world as i have ever since i think i had a consciousness of what was going on in the world there are ways that folks can show up and you can meet people and share information and that's a one really helpful way in my experience of pushing back against that despair. So the first thing I'm going to get to, and I do have some news stories coming up as well, uh, strikes going on at UC Santa Cruz, and I also read recently that folks in at UCLA are looking to strike in solidarity. Uh, not finalized, but that's just what I read. And also folks protesting in Canada uh, for indigenous rights, indigenous lands, and a few more items. I don't have right in front of me. However, I will get to them. So did want to just say, yes, there might be some articles about frightening things and disturbing things. And also, there are so many folks who are showing up in a variety of ways. And it's important to highlight that and to share that information. Because for some reason, corporate media doesn't want to talk about people organizing and rising up. Why could that be? Okay, enough with me being snarky. Well, probably not. I'll probably get snarky uh, shortly soon. Okay, so this is a Know Your Rights training that's happening on February 25th, which is next week. And this is from Berkeley Cop Watch. So folks who are in the Bay Area and or know folks in the Bay Area, please do spread the word. And I got an email recently from them that has this information. It's a Know Your Rights training. When? 
Tuesday, February 25th from 7 to 9 p.m. And this is at the Grassroots House, which is at 2022 Blake Street in Berkeley. And it's what to do if you're stopped by police, your legal rights during a detention, techniques for documenting abuse, how to respond to police misconduct, resources available to help you preserve evidence. Again, it's Tuesday, February 25th from 7 to 9 p.m., Grassroots House, which is at 2022 Blake Street in Berkeley. The Grassroots House is wheelchair accessible, and you can email them at berkeleycopwatch at yahoo.com with any accessibility requests. This is a free event. Bring your bodies and your buddies, as well as questions, concerns, stories, and resources. And there's also a Cop Watch class at UC Berkeley. Every semester, the Cop Watch Decal class, hosted by UC Berkeley Decal Program and Berkeley Cop Watch, invites activists, organizers, academics, lawyers, resistors, rebels, concerned with concerned community members, and family members from communities of struggle across the Bay Area to join us on Monday evenings for facilitated conversations on policing. Through a combination of class presentations by leading activists in the alternative justice movement and direct field monitoring of police on duty, students will experience firsthand the complex issues faced by residents caught between high crime in their neighborhoods and the dangers that racial profiling, civil and human rights abuses bring to the community. Excuse me, civil and human rights abuses bring to the community. Students will be trained in basic criminal procedure, analysis of power, and techniques for observing police activity. In addition, students will examine the history and origins of police, resistance movements, and community-based alternatives to the justice system as we know it. And this is happening at Hildebrand Hall, which room B56. I feel like I'm uh, doing bingo. B56. B56, uh, UC Berkeley campus, Mondays from 5 to 6.30 p.m. You can join them on, or join us, I should say, on Monday, March 9th to hear from Maria Moore, the sister of Kayla Moore, black trans loved one who was living with a mental health disability before she was killed by the Berkeley police in her apartment in 2013. And you can join us on Monday, March 30th to hear from Andrea Henson and Barbara Brust to learn about issues facing homeless encampments and those who are homeless in Berkeley. Andrea organizes with the Seabreeze Homeless Encampment and Barbara organizes with Consider the Homeless. They also have cop watch shifts. Come out with us. Lately, folks at Berkeley Cop Watch have been going out on shifts on Fridays at 7 p.m. We directly monitor the police in terms in teams for a few hours and then regroup at the grassroots house to debrief. No experience is necessary. If you are new to cop watching or haven't been out with us before, we will give you a quick introduction that will include your rights, what is cop watching, and best practices for cop watching. And you can, again, you can email berkeleycopwatch at yahoo.com if you'd like to join us for a shift. Fridays don't work for you, let us know, and we will find a time that does work. They also have a wish list. In order to achieve our goals this year, we need some stuff. We just purchased a new police radio scanner, and we need the funds to help print materials. Or if you would like to donate some money to our general fund, that would be amazing too. Berkeley Cop Watch is an all-volunteer organization that is supported by the community. If you have any leads or would like to donate, please email us. And then again, their email is berkeleycopwatch at yahoo.com. So lots of ways to um, show up and learn more. Of course, so much learning that can be done and you can also follow them on twitter at copwatch411 so i wanted to to share that 
Also, uh, playing music. I pretty much always play music on the show. And my main thing lately has been going to the San Francisco Library, which I love. I love all libraries. I love librarians. Thank you for your service. Seriously, thank you for your service. I feel like librarians should be treated that way, where they get like discounts on places and you know, folks stand up at national sporting events to be like, Thank you, librarians, for your service. Seriously, so grateful. And this is Nico Case's album, Hell On, and it has amazing artwork in it. So I recommend, folks, uh, if you have a record player, also record players are coming back, please get one. I mean, that's, that's a weird thing to ask someone to get. But, you know, if you like music, there are record players out there, and it's so nice. And the artwork for this one is really incredible. It's just beautiful. There's photography and just art, and it's just looks really rad i can't words don't do justice so if you're able hell on by nico case so i'll be playing it's a, a longish album i'll see what i can get to with playing as much as i can probably taking breaks along the way maybe two songs at a time and yeah really good there's also i also got uh, juliana hatfield sings olivia newton john and there's some really good songs on there and i was tempted to bring both albums today and then i was like that's it's gonna be too much uh, I guess you can't have too much good music. However, I want to make sure I get to everything. So perhaps next week we can do that. Great. We also have some guests coming up in March. Really looking forward to that. So that's cool. Okay. Also, uh, okay. I'm going to get to that thing uh, during the break. And then I'll tell you what that thing is. That sounds really cryptic, doesn't it? No, it's, it's just helpful. So for folks who vote, I know not everyone votes. And I do believe... You know, throughout history, change has really come through strikes and boycotts and protests and riots. And also, in the meantime, until we can create a new way of living, it's helpful if we have folks in positions of power who at least recognize the ills of capitalism and here are the people and will do what they can to push back against neoliberalism and far-right politics and all of that that really looks to profit off everything, the earth, education, the planet everything so i do think that i feel like the energy that one could put into voting it's it's so little one can you know just mark off your ballot and then also show up to protests and also organize and it doesn't have to be an either or although if folks are only only want to vote i recommend doing other things too that's a recommendation okay so there's a election coming up uh, march 3rd and I'll be going over some candidates that folks can vote for. Definitely Shahid Buttar, who's been a guest on the show. Met him. Good guy. He comes to, like, the anti-ICE protests. He, like, shows up. He's been arrested for just showing up, uh, protesting the... That's... Is this going to be a... I want to... Just... He, he, like, walks the walk. Let me put it that way. I definitely have a distrust of politicians. And he's someone who actually shows up and has a great history of knowing what's what's at stake and he's running against nancy pelosi and he's really all about grassroots campaigning and can't recommend him highly enough also jackie fielder who is also a guest on the show he played a repeat of it last week and then she was on two weeks three weeks ago so please do check out the interview and she is running against scott weiner and she really is all about ensuring that folks have housing and public transit is accessible and affordable and free and all of these things that are very possible considering we live in a san francisco is like a very wealthy city however the wealth is not distributed as it should however what if it could be so please if you are a voter shahid and jackie vote for them we also have the judges there's a new thing of judges that are coming in coming in what does that mean i don't know i do know what it means i'm talking without pausing i'm gonna pause i'll be reading off the names of folks who have been endorsed 
So that'll be coming up in a little bit. And I believe for most of the propositions, uh, folks are voting yes on all of them. So that's pretty easy. All right, so I'll be getting to that in a little bit. I did want to get to some other events, stories, etc. Okay, this is from uh, UCLA for COLA. They tweeted, a strike's a Bruin, as in B-R-U-I-N, because they're the Bruins. Uh, UCLA folks pledged to withhold grades this quarter in solidarity with UCSC. Uh, Janet's trying to fire them tomorrow, but what about the rest of us, Janet? And that's <sighs> Janet Napolitano, who, of course, is the... I don't know why I say of course all the time, because, you know. Um, so there's a Google Doc um, that has this information. I'm going to read this. And also, for folks who are interested, grad workers at Santa Cruz have been striking to get a living wage. Many folks cannot afford. They're working. They're they're working nonstop. They can't afford to even live. Many folks can't afford to pay their expenses. And meanwhile, the UC is the largest employer in California, so they certainly have the funds to pay their workers, to compensate their workers for their labor, yet they're not. So it's awesome that the folks in Santa Cruz have been on strike. Um, of course, the cops have been showing up and being... I mean, cops are the enemy of labor. So that's what they've been doing. However, folks are still showing up. So I wanted to read this pledge to withhold final grades in case of retaliation against Santa Cruz grad workers. And again, this is a Google Doc. And I've shared this on Twitter. So if you follow me again on Twitter, not necessarily looking for followers, although I guess it's good for my ego. There's that silly, I know it shouldn't matter. However, I, I care about this show and I do, it's I did theater for so long and there's that instant gratification, especially doing comedy where people laugh and they hear you or you tell a vulnerable story and people go, oh, and you're like, oh, cool. I connected. And not to say that sometimes folks might be listening and they might not have any feedback. They might feel touched or they might think something's funny and not laugh. That was me sometimes. I get that. So it it's this weird thing where I'm here in the studio and I know this is going out and I know someone's listening. People are listening and it's weird to not have that um, instant gratification. I'm trying to be okay with it. Maybe it's this kind of being in the moment and not desiring anything more than there is. And I'm grateful to have a space where I can share my perspective of the truth and help elevate voices of folks whose voices might not make it out to other other spots. So I want to do that. And also, uh, it, it feels silly because it's that ego thing too, where it's like, I, I don't need a lot of Twitter followers. However, when I think about folks who have millions of followers and they just like share nonsense, I'm like, Oh, I could do so much. If someone just gave me their Twitter account, folks with like millions of followers for like a day. Uh, oh my goodness. Just the types of theory and the avoid, you know, all the things that one would share. And I don't really even, I very rarely comment myself. Like sometimes I will like recently, uh, Talk about a dumb, there we go, there's my girl. There's a dumb news, it's not a dumb news story because I do appreciate journalists putting the stories out there, but there's a dumb, <sighs> I can't even like say it. It's like so frustrating. It's a bill put forth by a California Democrat that would look to um, make sure that sex workers working in pornography have to like get like certified or checked somehow and it seems really fucking invasive and unnecessary and just fucking disgusting. That, yeah, and so someone, I think it was Ford Fisher, shared that story. And then, of course, I had to comment that I feel like sex workers help the world more than most politicians. And I think if we really look at that, that's the truth. And, um, yeah, so getting back to it, I mostly retweet. I mostly share stories and other folks' voices. And at the same time, sometimes it's necessary for me to voice my own opinion when I don't see it 
already being shared. Cool. So follow me on Twitter. And also you can follow at UCLA, the number four, COLA, C-O-L-A. So this is uh, Strikes a Bruin. And I'm going to... Oh, not that article. Not there. There we go. Pledge to withhold final grades in case of retaliation against Santa Cruz grad workers. UC Santa Cruz graduate workers have begun a full and definite teaching strike on Monday, February 10th. They are demanding a cost of living adjustment, COLA, C-O-L-A, of $1,412 a month to all U.S. UCSC graduate students, irrespective of their employment or immigration status, and without any tuition increase or retaliation against the striking workers. They began a grade strike in December 2019 and have called on management to engage in serious dialogue to resolve the cost of living crisis in Santa Cruz. UCSC administration has refused to do so and responded with threats of retaliation. The full strike in response to the administration's in Transgents has brought hundreds of graduate workers as well as undergraduate, faculty, and community supporters to the picket line and shut down campus every day, demonstrating the depth and breadth of solidarity with the movement. In response to the strike, UC management has not only continued to fail to engage in a meaningful, meaningful dialogue with the striking workers regarding COLA, but they have further intensified repression. They sent in a large contingent of militarized police from all over the state at the cost of $300,000 a day. So, oh, oh I'm gonna, yeah, it's, it's the same thing with the fucking fare evasion nonsense, where they whoever has the money they spend more money oppressing people who are just simply saying hey we don't have the funds can you give us some funds so we can fucking live and instead of saying okay here you go we have it clearly they have it if they're paying the cops three hundred thousand dollars a day they can damn well play their employees what they're asking for it's not that complicated I recognize in the world there's a lot of complexities, there's complications, there's shades of gray, and then there's also situations like this where greedy fucking capitalists like to fuck people over and send out militarized goons to harass people. Oh, but this is a happy story because it's about solidarity. Let me continue. Okay, they sent in a large contingent of militarized police from all over the state at the cost of $300,000 a day who beat up multiple students peacefully protesting on the picket and left them with severe injuries. Wow, you really fucking care about your students, don't you? Excuse me. They threatened international students engaged in the strike with deportation and arrested 18 students on the picket, banning many of them from campus and leaving them houseless. Wow, great job. Oh. On Friday, February 14th, UC management further escalated their threat of retaliation. UC President Janet Napolitano threatened termination of existing employment at the university, while UCSC Executive Vice Chancellor Lori Kletzer further threatened that all TAs who do not submit fall quarter grades by Friday, February 21st, will be prevented from having a spring quarter TA appointment. Napolitano's and Kletzer's threats are an affront to the entire University of California community. We will not stand by idly when our fellow graduate workers at UCSC are threatened with a loss of employment and likely loss of ability to continue in a graduate program for demanding nothing more than to be relieved of extreme rent burden so that they can focus on the university's academic missions of excellence in teaching and research. As we continue to build a COLA movement across the UC system, is our task as UC graduate workers to defend our university from UCOP, 
UCOP's destructive retaliations. If UCSC grad workers are not safe, none of us are safe. An injury to one is an injury to all. Therefore, we graduate workers from all across the UC system pledge that if any UC Santa Cruz graduate worker is fired from the current winter quarter TA position or prevented from having a spring quarter TA appointment due to their participation in the COLA strike, including withholding of fall grades as well as the full strike since February 10th, we will also... We will also support withholding the winter quarter grades due March 25th or spring semester grades due May 20th until all retaliations cease and Santa Cruz grad workers obtain a COLA as approved by the Santa Cruz General Assembly. In solidarity. P.S. Santa Cruz Wildcat strikers are calling on all graduate workers across the UC system to hold a one-day strike today, Friday. February 21st. See their call here and get involved. Okay, let me click on that here, and there's a link, and it's a UCSC call for solidarity, and it's linked in the article. Whew. So, um, yes, if you go on Twitter, at R-I-M-E-N, R-I-M-E-R, I have a link to the article, which also has a link to this. So, again, if you and or any folks you know are at the UC system and or other colleges and universities across the country that are also uh, – it's just – Academia, it's how, oh, it's unfortunately, it's like a business. So, you know, it's the labor is done by the workers and they deserve, they deserve everything that they're asking for. So putting that energy out there, lots of positive energy to the folks on strike. All right. I'm going to play some more Nico Case and then we'll be back with some more news stories. Stay tuned.
zone I call but there is no one home Sarah with the beaten heart Sarah with the mouth of stone I call but there is only echo
Welcome back to Weekly Review. Got a few more news stories for all you listeners out there. And big thanks again for all you listeners. Might as well do a quick plug here. Mutiny Radio is a great station. Come by, see shows. We've got the Comedy Festival coming up in March. The first week of March, check it out. Go to mutinyradio.fm for our schedule. And also you can buy tickets. I think it's $20. There's a show at Rio as well. There's a lot of great things happening here at the station. Also, if you're interested in doing a show here of your own, that's also a possibility. You get two hours a week to do whatever you'd like. Total creative control, which is pretty fucking rad. And also the space is available for rentals. There's an AA meeting here, I believe, on Wednesdays. Lots of great shows here every day of the week. So please do check out Mutiny Radio. Great. Forward moving. We have an article here from Black Rose Anarchist Federation, also known as uh, Federacion Anarchista Rosa Negra. Uh, How to win blockades in Canada point to climate solution. And this was posted on February 20th, 2020. And there's an update since the article was written. And since the publication of this article, the RCMP Federal Canadian Police have offered to withdraw from Wet'suwet'en territory as a condition to negotiate the end of the railroad blockades. This is not a victory, but a significant step showing that the blockades have forced the Canadian state to back down. Direct action gets the goods. And this was written by Frank Ascaso and Arthur Pye. There's a path out of the climate crisis, and the recent uprising and train blockades across Canada are showing the way. Earlier this month, in a series of militarized police raids, Wet'suwet'en chiefs and other indigenous activists were forcibly removed from their own land at gunpoint in order to clear a path for the coastal gas link pipeline. Immediately, people across Canada started blockading ministerial buildings, freeways, ports, and railroads in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en. Nearly the entire Canadian passenger rail service has been shut down as a result of ongoing blockades by Mohawk and Gixon nations. These disruptive protests are costing industry billions of dollars and leading to a major national crisis for the Trudeau government. The uprising provides major lessons for movements for climate survival. First, that militant mass movements can quickly flip the balance of power, even when all hope seems lost. Next, direct action that does sound 
the Does Serious Economic Harm is a major tool that can help empower movements. And third, never ever trust a politician, even left and liberal politicians, that claim they support the environment and indigenous sovereignty. The Wet'suwet'en people have been fighting to stop Coastal GasLink's liquid natural gas LNG pipeline project through their territories for years. But video of the RCMP arresting matriarchs and pointing high-powered rifles at indigenous peoples sparked a national uprising which no one saw coming. Within a week, the Trudeau administration sent top-level officials to negotiate with indigenous leaders, while many feared recent court rulings represented a definitive defeat for pipeline opponents. This development has offered a new hope, not only for the right against coastal gas link, but also for the fight against the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. And in my world, a Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion would be like just trans people living on a mountain, getting rid of the pipelines. <sighs> I guess that really wouldn't be an expansion, though. Okay, which recently received approval in the Canadian federal courts. No one knows how these fights will shake out in the future, but recent actions have clearly demonstrated the power of militant mass movements to alter the course of history. The power of these protests comes from their mass participation and their disruptive tactics that target companies and the government with concrete economic harm. Significantly, members of the Mohawk Nation, a community with a history of militant resistance, have taken action in their own territory, blockading rail lines in Ontario that service the entire country. Additional blockades are happening in Quebec and British Columbia too, shutting down ports as well as a major rail bridge between Canada and the United States. The Minister of Indigenous Services, Mark Miller, told the CBC that all of Canada is hurting, the economy is slowing down as a result of the protests. Conservative commentator Stephen LeDrew took it even further, complaining, this is not protest, this is insurrection. Go fuck yourself. That's my, that's not in the article, that's my own opinion of this commentator. Uh, demonstrations have even spread to the United States with actions in Washington state blocking rail lines in solidarity. It's never been clear that strategic direct action on a mass scale can bring a country to its knees, forcing those in power to listen. While the right-wing parties in Canada want the government to use more force against the demonstrators, the Canadian left and liberal parties are not much better. The candidates who ran as environmental advocates and indigenous allies are the same ones who are now enforcing the raids and police attacks against people trying to defend their territory against projects that will be devastating for the planet. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, leader of the Liberal Party, is facing pressure from the business press and business community to get the rail lines open and the economy functioning again. He justifies the pipeline projects by saying by saying rather ludicrously that the projects will fund green energy development for the country. Trudeau called an energy meeting of the cabinet and after announced the desire for a swift and peaceful resolution. Well, it could be swift and peaceful if they just stop working on those fucking pipelines. How about that? The premier of British Columbia, John Horgan, a left-leaning Social Democratic Party leader, has also spoken out against the protests, in this case against activists who blocked the Legislative Assembly in Victoria. Despite their campaign promises, these politicians are not allies to movements. They will always do what's politically expedient for them, and it's up to movements to change that calculus. The youth and indigenous people fighting for the future of the planet are the real leadership of Canada. As a 17-year-old Ojibwa 
Matisse activists recently told the Globe and Mail, it's our future that is going to be destroyed. The next step is to take these disruptive tactics and turn them into long-term organizing so the disruptions can be sustained. Right now, the Canadian government's likely strategy is to wait for the demonstrations to fade. We must show that we have powerful movements that will not stand down that we will fight until these pipeline projects are reversed, until indigenous peoples have their autonomy respected, and we secure a livable planet. This is up to us. This is our time. The solution to the climate crisis is before us. Whew. So yes, you can check out this article and please share it with folks. Again, if you go to blackrosefed.org, and that's B-L-A-C-K-R-O-S-E-F-E-D, Org. And again, the title of the article was How to Win Blockades in Canada, Point to Climate Solution. And as mentioned, the update, since the publication of this article, the uh, police have offered to withdraw from the territory and they're going to negotiate. So again, not, no, not everything is saved just yet, but it is a reminder that direct action does indeed get the goods. All right, let's do a little bit more here. And by more, I mean more stories perhaps. And or actually, I'm going to do a uh, uh, <laughs> a an event that folks can show up to. This is for the Bay Area folks. And again, this was shared by Mijente. It's a great organization. Please support them. You can also follow them on Twitter at ConMijente. And that's at C-O-N-M-I-J-E-N-T-E. This Saturday, which is tomorrow, if you're in the Bay Area, come to a community meeting in Palo Alto about Palantir's presence in the city put on by at Close the Camps BA. They've been canvassing for weeks, talking to residents about Palantir ICE and how to fight back. So the info is on Twitter as well as Facebook, and there's a Facebook event. Again, it's happening tomorrow, February 22nd from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Cubberly Community Center, and that's at 4000 Middlefield Road in Palo Alto, and it's hosted by Palo Alto Against ICE. And... Yes, make Palo Alto a real sanctuary city. Make Palantir cancel its ICE contract. Again, this is happening tomorrow, February 22nd, Palo Alto against ICE community meeting from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Cubberly Community Center at 4000 Middlefield Road in Palo Alto. And you can also, there's a public event, so if you're on Facebook, you can type in that info and find that information as well. Share it amongst your friends, and please do check it out if you are able. All right. That one, that story is is done. I mean, I, I've shared it. There we go. And let me just see here if there's another piece of it that I wanted to share. Nope, I think that was it. Okay, well, I think that means it's time for some more music. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to flip over the uh, flip over the record. And here we go. All right, we're going to play a little bit more. This is the second side of the first record. Waited too long we'll be back to after write this. this down. The startling sensation is fading. The sweet, sweet burn of the first drink of the night underage. Knowing that you're going to get away with it. You were a good man before you knew it. 
And I'm not vain enough to think that I'd have been good for you if I'd stayed In the current of your life I was an eyelash in the shipping lanes And now I'm so scared about mystery I fear I smell extinction in the folds of this Novocaine age coming on I miss the smell of mystery Reverb leaking out of tavern doors And not knowing how the sounds were made So I left home and faked my ID I fucked every man that I wanted to be I was so stupid then Why should mystery give its life to me? Garbage miles making wet cigarette butts and used tires to be poor as the anchor that makes us so sure. Your sandy voice across my brow, you haven't aged a day. Is it because you took a shortcut that makes people say you're crazy? Is it true? You're a time traveler, you. Is it true? I've seen crazy too Well can it be a comfort between us Because I never want to know for sure Baby I'm afraid But it's not your fault Maybe I should go
article comes from the organization California Immigrant Youth Justice Alliance. You can follow them online. Their address is ciyja.org. And this article came out on February 20th, 2020, written by Juan Prieto and 
This is Community Power Prevails. Statement, Community Power Prevails over Immoral Private Prison Corporation. I told you there'd be... Whoops. I told you there'd be some good news today. And again, unfortunately, the news, the good news is when bad things uh, are stopped from happening or prevented from getting worse. And also, I want to celebrate the good things. I recognize it's like, in an ideal world, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. However, it's positive that folks are fighting back and creating a safer world for everybody. And this is by the Dignity Not Detention Coalition, again, February 19th, 2020. Alliance of Local Farm Workers formally detained immigrants defeat GEO Group's bid to expand immigration detention in McFarland, California. Immigrants right, immigrant rights advocates are celebrating a significant victory this week in the town of McFarland, California, where courageous grassroots organizing by hundreds of local residents, including many farm workers who dedicated hours to outreaching door-to-door, led to a surprise defeat for multi-billion dollar corporation GEO. The controversial company had sought permission from the local planning commission to turn two soon-to-close local prison facilities into immigration detention centers, pre-negotiating an agreement with the commission. However, in what a local news report called a stunning turn of events, an outcry from farm worker residents led to a 2-2 split at the commission, effectively defeating GEO. And while GEO has vowed to appeal the denial to city council, McFarland's mayor resigned today in the wake of the community outcry. The proposed expansion of the detention centers has been slammed as an illicit attempt to skirt California's AB 32, which bans for-profit detention centers and prisons. Immigrant rights organizers say the victory points to a powerful trend, workers flexing their muscles to achieve broader social justice aims. Many migrant workers had made it clear that they would leave McFarland, fearing detention capacity would increase ICE enforcement in the region. It was testimonies from these local farm workers that had an impact on Commissioner Rudy Nunez to vote deny the permit. We want schools, not immigration detention centers. McFarland's farm workers resounded in chants and testimonies arguing that those of that those of the that those of the sorts of jobs that the, the city should be investing in. Our strength is in community, said Doña Teresa Figueroa, resident of McFarland and Faith in the Valley, who organized local community members. It's important not to not be afraid and to have faith in the people and God and in the work that we are doing when we put people over profit. The Dignity Not Detention Coalition, made up of local, state, and national organizations, worked to pass AB 32 and is standing with local activists in McFarland in Adelanto, which faces a vote tonight and across the state. Wow. So, again, you can find out more info on the California Immigrant Youth Justice Alliance at ciyja.org. You can also follow them on Twitter. And again, big thanks to all the folks who have showed up and protested and also they have they shared a video of when the the vote was announced so i'm going to share the audio because it's good to have oh i should probably plug in the computer though now i'll just have the uh i'll have the microphone go up to it so you can hear it and again this was when geo lost the vote um as the mcfarland zoning commission takes heed of field workers and their children can i have a second I second the motion. Yo paso la motion we have a two to two. Yeah! 
Okay, so again, this was shared by the California Immigrant Youth. Uh, that's again at C I Y J A, and this was also post shared by Ariana Rosales. And you can follow Ariana at at A R I A N N A M R O S A L E S. All right, so got some more news and then we'll play some more music that's kind of how the pattern is going to go today happy to share some good music with all the listeners out there all right i'm gonna close the tabs that i've already read from try and get more organized here oh i did want to get to that i mentioned the voting thing so for folks who vote in san francisco there's uh gonna be voting on judges and we recognize that the the justice system is not just and it can be helpful if you have judges in there who are who know what's up that's my brief summary. And so for the San Francisco Superior Court judges, it's recommended that folks vote for in seat one, Maria Elena Evangelista for seat 18, Michelle Tong, and seat 21, Carolyn Gold. Again, Evangelista, Tong, and Gold for the San Francisco Superior Court judges. Uh, for folks who are Bernie supporters, there's also the Bernie Kratz, and there's also the pissed off voters guide and they have the similar same superior court judge recommendations so putting that out there for folks who vote all right next up i think i'm gonna play a audio clip let me see if i can find this oh um okay i said i was gonna do the audio clip so i'm gonna do that and this is why uh progressive should skip i a pack or a pack it's a-i-p-a-c and this is from If Not Now, and a great organization. Also, I've mentioned it before um, on the on the uh, podcast, but there's a a book that I highly recommend folks check out and read and read. Uh, it's called Reclaiming Judaism from Zionism: Stories of Personal Transformation, and it was edited by uh, Carolyn. Let me see if I can pull up the info here so I get the last name correct. Carolyn L. Karcher, I believe. And that's available at Green Arcade Books on Market Street. And just, yeah, it's like 40 different folks who are activists, rabbis, college students, all across the board. And I highly recommend it. I've learned a lot from it. Yeah, Carolyn L. Karcher is the editor and also writes a chapter in there. So this is from If Not Now, and it's about APAC and it says, uh, we want to make sure this message reaches those who might have attended APAC in the past, uh, but are having second thoughts. Because as Simone Zimmerman says so eloquently in the video, the way APAC is policing the discourse on this issue is harmful to Palestinians, it's harmful to American Jews, it's harmful to Israelis, and it's harmful to everybody who considers themselves an ally in the fight for a better future. Hearing about the hashtag skip APAC campaign from Jews who have attended APAC in the past and Jews who have seen APAC's influence in their own communities has the potential to actively pull our friends and family towards joining our growing movement. It's more important than ever that we discuss why to hashtag skip APAC. And that's again, that's uh, skip, S-K-I-P, A-I-P-A-C, with those close to us about, and those close to us about, and we hope, oh, with those close to us. And we hope that this video can help start 
those conversations. So again, this has been shared from If Not Now. You can follow them as well. And I'm going to, oh, I still haven't uh, plugged in the computer. So let's take a bit of a music break again. I'll plug in the computer and then we'll be back with the show. Stay tuned. At the bus stop, my name's at the bottom, but I'm nowhere to be found. I really get around, they say. So I take these sightless creatures home, and I fear them so to tremble. For I'm no mother, I just some random defender.
in a conservative Jewish community in St. Paul, Minnesota. I come from a massive reformed Jewish community in Dallas, Texas. Going to APAC was just the thing that you did. Just what you do. Um, it was natural, right? Like going to synagogue or eating kosher food, at least in my world. I was told that it was the premier gathering of the Jewish community. A great way for, you know, to stay connected with your friends from across the country. It was a place for reunions. And at the same time, I started learning about the occupation. And I remember really distinctly asking a question um, during a session that was run by APAC representatives about the settlements, and they basically completely deflected away from my question and didn't answer it at all. The word occupation was not said ever from the stage at the APAC conference. The word Palestinian was only said when speakers were inciting hatred against Palestinians, and that shocked me to my core. I ended up supporting or hosting candidates who had views that were really not aligned with my views, and it was just about Israel. And I would tell my siblings, listen, it's pro-Israel. That's all that matters. I realized the APAC conference wasn't the educational event it was branded as, but rather something with a deep set right-wing agenda. Then Trump came and spoke at APAC, and Pence came and spoke at APAC, um, and Netanyahu kept coming back even as he had more and more racist policies in the state of Israel. The way APAC is policing the discourse on this issue is harmful to Palestinians, it's harmful to American Jews, it's harmful to Israelis, and it's harmful to everybody who considers themselves an ally in the fight for a better future. To people who are still considering going to APAC, my question is, why? Today, if you're a progressive, if you're someone who cares about human rights, if you care about equality, if you care about justice, you should have serious concerns about showing up at APAC's policy conference. I think we're in a political moment in which Americans across political persuasions are imagining a bold, visionary future in which all people in this society are cared for and uplifted. And the policies that APAC is promoting are directly working against that future that we so desperately need. We thought we told. Fisherman who died, the oracle of the Maritimes. Too cloudy to see fireworks, we would ride a chest of drawers into the waves. It's granite handheld
more Nico case. I'm going to do my best to play the rest of this album uh, for the show. Got a little bit of time left and there's four, some more news articles I want to get to. First of all, there's a protest happening. Kennedy Catholic High School kids walk out West Seattle blog video and there's, uh, so uh, apparently a teacher was fired for being gay or LGBTQ. Not sure where um, on the spectrum they, they are. However, they were fired and the students walked out. Again, this is a Catholic high school. And let's see if we can, uh, we've got the video here and I found this. This was shared on Twitter and it's the person who shared it. Their Twitter handle is at P-O-R-T-A-L-D-R-O-P-O at Portal Drop. All right, let's see if we can share some of the footage here. So there's lots of kids. Folks are flaming. That's a new word, maybe. People are flying rainbow flags. Big crowd of people. They are shouting, rehire. Again, this is Kennedy Catholic High School Rally. And there's a video as well here, also on YouTube. Kids are walking out. And there's a sign that said, Who would Jesus fire? Love is love. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And the kids are walking out with all these signs and saying we won't change. Oh my gosh. I, I would cry if uh, my tears were going to be coming out of my eyes right now. That's what I feel like. So many kids are walking out. Again, please. Oh, this is beautiful. So many kids walking out of school to ensure that the teacher gets rehired. We want change! We want change! We want change! 
damn, that's beautiful. Again, you can find these videos at, if you follow at Portal Drop on Twitter, and I think I've also, I'll share it right now. Okay, again, follow me at R-O-M-A-N, R-I-M-E-R. I'm gonna do my best just to, I keep on saying that, doing my best. What does that even mean? Who knows? I wanna share some more news stories. Another positive, wow, so many positive news stories. Who would think, uh, given all that's going on, that there are positive things that are happening? I'm so grateful to be able to share this. It, it's just great. There are so many good things that are happening. And again, there are the people pushing back against the negative things, and also, I'll take it. So this comes from the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. It's a local story. Uh, this is the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights of the San Francisco Bay Area. Homeless Californians win new protections in Caltrans settlement. For immediate release, February 18th, 2020. You can contact Matt Kovac. And it has Matt Kovac's info there. Uh, homeless Californians win new protections in Caltrans settlement. And I guess I'll share. Is that numbers 415-510-9601 or mkovac, K-O-V-A-C, at L-C-C-R-A sf.org caltrans will pay two million dollars for destroying unhoused people's belongings and modify its procedures for sweeps of encampments under a proposed settlement announced today between the california department of transportation caltrans and a class of homeless people whose property was taken by caltrans crews and sweeps of their encampments Caltrans will establish a $1.3 million fund to compensate people for the loss of property that was destroyed in the sweeps. In addition, Caltrans will be required to adopt various policies designed to prevent future destruction of homeless people's property, including posting the exact date they plan to conduct a cleanup operation. Cleanup, I feel like that should be in quotation marks. The settlement comes as a result of a lawsuit filed in 2016 on behalf of homeless Californians who challenged the destruction of their property, including food, clothing, medical supplies, and family heirlooms during Caltrans sweeps between December 2014 and October 2019. They were represented by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights of the San Francisco Bay Area, LCCR, East Bay Community Law Center, EBCLC, ACLU of Northern California, and the law firm Wilmerhale. The Fourth Amendment protects all of us against the unjust seizure of our belongings, not just people who are housed, said Elisa Della Piana, LCCR legal director. This settlement will help. I'm going to sit down. I'm standing. You can't see me right now because I am on the radio. However, I was just standing. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to take it easy. All right. I got so excited about those kids marching. I just stood up. Okay. All right. Let's get. Okay. The settlement will help some of our unhoused neighbors have the chance to get back on their feet without being continually destabilized by property seizures. Under a pilot project provided for for in the settlement for in the settlement in Berkeley, Oakland and Emeryville, Caltrans will be required to post permanent notices on at encampments stating the precise dates and times that sweeps will occur. The state will follow specific guidelines mandating the storage of tents, eyeglasses, medications, and personal papers and photos. The settlement is subject to approval by the Alameda County Superior Court. For years, we heard complaints of people who told us they had to stand by helplessly while Caltrans crews threw belongings they treasured into trash compacting garbage trucks, said Osha Newman, supervising attorney at the East Bay Community Law Center. Sometimes people with disabilities were given only a few minutes to move everything they wanted to save. We hope with this settlement, those days are over. Under the agreement, Caltrans will also pay $700,000 to Plaintiff Plaintiff Homeless Action Center to create a staff position to assist in the recovery of items taken in sweeps and connect unsheltered people 
with services. This settlement shows how Caltrans can be part of the solution to many problems, to the many problems faced by people experiencing homelessness rather than continuing to be part of the problem, said William Freeman, senior counsel at the ACLU of Northern California. The agreed upon procedures will enable our clients to live their lives free from the fear that their worldly possessions will be taken if they are not guarded 24-7. Caltrans will also reimburse the plaintiff's attorney fees and costs in in an amount to be determined by the court and commits to improve its record keeping and personal training policies, personnel training policies. Policies. The court will retain the power to enforce the promises made by Caltrans for seven years. This settlement would not have been possible without the tremendous support we received from our class representatives, Kimberly Sanchez, Jim Leone, and Patricia Moore, said Rob Galvin, a partner at Wilmerhill. Despite their own housing and health challenges, their commitment to the case and their guidance to the legal team was both invaluable and inspiring. So again, find out the article, find out, find the article at lccr.com. And you can also contact them at 415-543-9444. And again, it came out on February 18th, 2020. All right. Uh, Got a little bit of time left. I'm going to get to, okay. uh, Events, some more upcoming events that folks can show up to. Hopefully this show is inspiring. I feel inspired. I'm like, wow, great. And, and let's see what's happening. Okay, so right now at 1 p.m., this is from Surge. I got on the, the Surge mailing list. Surge is a national network for groups and individuals organizing white people for racial justice. And this is a February 19th email. Emergency rally to defend the Yinta, This, which is, oh, that was Wednesday. My apologies. Okay. And that was happening, just to share it, though, this was happening at the Chase Building, which was at 560 Mission Street. I'd imagine there will be, will be more of this. Um, next up, they say, we need help with this newsletter. Um, so participation just is like online a few hours a month. Surge SF is a small team and we need more volunteers to help with this newsletter to keep it going. If you're passionate about social justice and want to lend a hand remotely in a flexible way, email surge SF plus newsletter at gmail.com to get involved next up okay this is tomorrow saturday february 22nd from 2 p.m to 5 p.m talking with kids about race and racism when sorry isn't enough this is participation is in person at the coret auditorium at the san francisco public library main branch join surge sf and community partners for an afternoon of conversation about talking with kids about topics like reparations and accountability and what indigenous black and other families of color need in the pursuit of justice keynote speakers will explore these issues together and then participants will continue the conversation in groups facilitated by teachers for social justice Children's programming and childcare will be facilitated by Abundant Beginnings and the Bay Area Child Care Collective. If you need childcare during the event, register in advance here and they provide a link. I'd imagine on the Surge website, they also have all this info. Again, that's S-U-R-J. Uh, next up is Oscar Lopez Rivera, Two Years Later, Resistance and Resilience which is, and it'll be various dates this week, details below, in person, various locations. Two years after his release as a political prisoner of 36 years, Oscar Lopez Rivera is returning to the Bay Area to share his current work in Puerto Rico, post-hurricanes Irma and Maria, and against a backdrop of a series of earthquakes that have stricken the island over the last few weeks. He will also discuss the prison experience in the U.S. community organizing in Puerto Rico, and the struggle to audit the colonial debt, and decolonizing Puerto Rico. Oscar is speaking throughout the Bay Area over the coming week. Details 
for each event are below. So they have it. Okay, so there are a couple that were on the 19th. Then uh, there's one this morning at the SF State. There will be one tomorrow, February 22nd, Saturday, from 5.30 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. at the La Pena Cultural Center in Berkeley, and they provide a link for tickets. And then on Sunday, February 23rd, 1 to 4 p.m. at the Mission Cultural Center in San Francisco. On Sunday, there's also, February 23rd, a No Doppel Prisoner Benefit, and that's happening from 4 to 6 p.m. at 518 Valencia here in San Francisco. Again, No Doppel Prisoner Benefit, Sunday, February 23rd, 4 to 6 p.m. at 518 Valencia. Water Protector Legal Collective, the on-the-ground legal team for the water protectors at Standing Rock, defended the 841 protectors arrested there. Now that those criminal cases have wrapped up largely successfully, WPLC is expanding its work to support other indigenous earth defenders, but it hasn't forgotten the five indigenous protectors who were targeted for federal prison. Join WPLC and AIM West to hear updates on the hashtag #NoDoppelPoliticalPrisoners, resistance to the black snake, and attacks on indigenous sovereignty from Canada to the Mexico border. Hosts will ask for donations for the No Dapple prisoners. And then there also is a um, solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en people, which is about the situation I read about earlier, about the folks who are protesting uh, the Canadian pipelines and... There is a, they say, take 10 minutes a day, join the international movement, showing up in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en, and there's a access point on Gidimitin territory, and my apologies if I mispronounce, and I will work to do better in the future. And you can also, they also provide links to donate to the Unestoten camp, and the get a mint and camp and legal funds are needed so you can also donate and ooh, a global investment firm with the san francisco office recently acquired a 65 percent interest in the coastal gasling project please take take minutes today to give them a call and ask them to divest from the project and there's a facebook invite which has all the info on it they have a san francisco office which is located at five ugh, i've protested there gross uh it's like a building that 45 owns uh or supposedly folks affiliated with him 555 california street on the 50th floor their phone number please do harass the fuck out of them 415-315-3620 they also have headquarters in new york so if you're in new york you can also contact them there and tell kkr to divest from cgl all right so there's just some action items that folks can take. There's also more. Goodness, there's more. Okay, other upcoming events. Showing up for racial justice through the power of public policy. Part two, fun fact, my dad taught public policy. Saturday, February 22nd at the YWCA in Berkeley. And that's from 10 a.m. to 12.30. Antidotes to right fragility, white fragility workshop. Sunday, February 23rd at 10 a.m., to 1 p.m. and that's at the Sierra Club in Oakland and as someone who is white yes it's a real thing and putting that energy out there to learn how to undo so much of what we've been taught next up beyond us versus them at dismantling racism that's Sunday February 23rd from 1 to 3 30 p.m. at the Calvary Presbyterian Church Rome will destroy us resisting anti-Judaism in John that's interesting okay and that's February 24th from at 5 p.m. And 
celebrate black entrepreneurship. That's Wednesday, February 26th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at 33 New Montgomery Street, Suite 750. And Surge Webinar, Only Internationalism Can Save Us. That's February 27th at 5 p.m. And so that's the next thing for the next week. That's a lot of information. So if that was a bit much, feel free to pause and replay. And hopefully there's something I've mentioned during this show that will have inspired you and or an event that you're like, wow, this sounds great. I'm going to check it out or tell people to go to it or who knows what or support in any way you can. So I'm done with talking for today. <laughs> I talked a lot. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to support this podcast in particular, go to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Again, follow me on Twitter if you're on Twitter. And I mostly share news articles at R-O-M-A-N-R-E-M-E-R. Please do support Mutiny Radio. We've got a GoFundMe up. And we need help keeping the station open. So please do help out if you can. We'll be back next week. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And have a great week, everyone. And we'll be back next week.
Gravity pulled up my sad remains Into the curve of a cunning bow I've loved you so long, Winnie I want to be your sailor's tattoo I've loved you so long, Winnie Luring softly into you
Black is blue, black's blue, if I say it is.
your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
Radio, San Francisco Mutiny Radio, MutinyRadio.fm. Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm. Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Gold Cadillac with the white Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even going to be jerks about it. Daryl! 
Are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs.